Yeah, speaking of, you know, the, the close reading of, uh, of the Hebrew Bible, one of the things that has been said for, for decades now is kind of that, that Western religions have a tendency toward anthropocentrism, right? We focus so much on the human, don't really care much about the more than human world. And uh, Christianity, Judaism, Islam, in different ways, they're all seen as anthropocentric. And people often point out like Genesis 126, right? And the whole like have uh, dominion and subdue and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, humans are supposed to kind of be lording over nature instead of cooperating with it. So is that the case? Or are you finding that there's actually a lot more uh, maybe zoocentrism, a love of life? You know, some people talk about caring for creation and these kinds of things. Where's Where's that at? Where's the the privileging of the human in the created order. There is a beautiful discussion in the Talmud about the order of creation in Genesis one. Um, and the discussants, the sages, the rabbis who are speaking, the discussants ask the question, why were human beings created last? Is it because they are the crowning glory, right? That each creation is a step up to perfection? Or is it because we are actually the most dependent and interdependent and we could not have existed without all of the things that were created before us? Mm -hmm. Are we the strongest or are we, I don't want to say the weakest, but the most interdependent? And of course, I go for the interdependent side. Nice. But I'll add something else, if I can, um, about creatureliness. So the Hebrew in, forgive me if I don't have the exact verse, somewhere in Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 to 5, God creates light. And then the Hebrew says, Vayikra laor yom, right? God, or he, called now, it depends how you translate it. Usually, it's translated, God called the light day. But the Hebrew is equally literally translated as God called to the light day. Mm. And once you see that that is there, you it's a small step to understand that the first creature was light. It doesn't look like a physical object or body like we're used to seeing a creature, but it's a creature and God speaks to it in a way that perhaps we don't understand, but the Bible is very clear that that's what's going on. Hmm. Nice. That's great. That's a great example of kind of close reading, right? Getting into the Hebrew. Um, Another Another kind of thing that I wonder about, you know, I mean, like you brought up um, Robin Wall Kimmerer's work, Braiding Sweetgrass, and, you know, an indigenous woman, you know, Potawatomi. And uh, there's something that when people think of animal studies and animal ethics, they often think, oh, so vegetarianism. And then somebody like Kimmerer and, you know, her tradition, they're like, no, we, we eat some animals. And of course, in Judaism, very complex dietary rules and, uh, and debates about them. But, you know, people are eating animals. And so uh, I'm always curious about that because it seems like there might be an ethical, you know, moral, uh, you know, something sanctioned by the divine way of eating animals. That that killing isn't always bad. 
that there's good ways to kill, I guess, uh, or to sacrifice. And so where is that at in, in the discussion of animals? This, this kind of question of, can we eat them, right? If, if we're supposed to care for them, if they have something like personhood or soul, maybe, uh, can we eat them? Well, I will point out that I do have a chapter in the book that looks at um, the role of domestic animals in a small local economy that, or even a small farming these days, that in a way they're part of the family and the circle of care um, until the point where you need to eat them. So it's not an all or nothing world with factory farms and veganism as the only options. And I also, of course, talk about the extravagance of the sacrifices as they're depicted in the Bible and some of the counter traditions in the Bible, including prophetic voices mm. that say this is a bad system because it encourages um, something like factory farms and concentrations mm. of wealth. So those ethical issues are definitely a theme in the book. But generally speaking, I would think that what the Bible or what, forget the Bible, don't forget the Bible, set aside the Bible as the main <laughs> point, sorry about that, um, but focus a little bit on Jewish ethics. So one of the most important themes is to avoid extreme wealth inequality. Another important theme is to not be wasteful. And in our global food system, right, food and food animals are um, hoarded um, as property in ways that cause them um, incredible suffering. And ends up leaving a huge amount of waste. And there's just no way that could be considered ethical, right, um, in Jewish traditional standards. And, you know, just to um, honor the critics who will say, well, then how come so many kosher slaughterhouses right, are associated with a factory farm model. Mm -hmm. um, I want to point out that there are many Jewish organizations that are lobbying powerfully against that. Mm -hmm. And also that many Jews um, are coming to the conclusion that in our food system, a vegetarianism or even veganism is the most ethical way to go. Interesting. Yeah, I've heard some talk of a kind of eco-kosher, eco-kashrut kind of perspective. So are you hearing more of that in the communities these days? I am definitely hearing more of that mm. in Jewish communities these days. And the reach of the small but mighty environmental organizations is growing. Mm. So these are good things. And of course, the issues in the... Uh, COVID economy and with other factors, the issues are, of course, completely intertwined with questions of food security. Mm -hmm. 
right? And how best to feed people affordably and locally. So those are some of the issues that we're dealing with. Right. Yeah. No, no small issues. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. And only becoming more urgent all the time. That's partly why I think it's so important to have religious perspectives on these, because if it's just the ethicists and policymakers and activists, we lose some of the deep moral guidance that we have from our from our faith traditions.